You're listening to the Monumental Me Mindshare Podcast. We're collecting stories and having conversations with real people who inspire us to thrive in life. Thinkers and doers and people like you. This is Liana Slater of Monumental Me. Today, we're talking to Blair Borthwick. Blair is a Renaissance woman. She's an abstract painter, an investor, a strategic advisor, and board member to startups and nonprofits, a seeker, a healer in training, a passionate athlete, a committed meditator, and also a wife, a proud mother of three children, and three enormous Newfoundland dogs. We discuss Blair's hard-earned wisdom around self-care and the power of women's intuition and uncovering our inner guidance and our strengths. I hope we don't quickly forget the lessons we learned through this hard time that we've just that we're just emerging from. I hope we can bring much more of the sensitivity that we have cultivated collectively into the world. It's needed. Let's get into a little bit about what you're doing. I want to just step back for one minute and just talk about your transition several years ago. When you transitioned, you stepped out of the corporate world, pursue your art, and you became, as you do your artwork, you became an entrepreneur. But tell us a little bit more about kind of how you made that transition. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. You know, those kinds of transitions are so personal and, and each, I think, woman goes through a moment where they look at their career and, and decisions around family. And these are highly personal decisions. But for me, you know, I think we, well, as women, we have deep intuitive guidance systems. And I think education, working, succeeding in male-dominated businesses, as we both have in the past, require us to kind of silence that intuition. Um, but for many women, myself included, the act of becoming a mother really allowed me to reconnect with that source, that intuition. So that, yeah, there's something about a newborn that just requires us to be fully present. So in returning to that kind of place of stillness, we have an opportunity to reconnect with our intuition. Um, and what happened for me, and I think unexpectedly having twins made that even more true. Mm-hmm. So when the girls w- were born, it was like some kind of light came on in my head reminding me what was important. I loved my career. I had just been promoted. I was excited to get back to work. But, you know, twins, and then my twins were born nine days after 9-11, which was kind of like a a wake-up moment for for America. And we live downtown and we're very affected by it. I just think my priorities shifted overnight. And it was one of the first moments in my adult life where I turned within and realized, you know, it's like something's got to change here. It was almost as though just seeing the the, the truth of my priorities for the first time. So the transition wasn't even really a decision. It was kind of a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. And it just, and so, you know, I told my employer I'm not coming back and I just dove into motherhood. And then really quickly, I realized like motherhood is amazing and fulfilling and fantastic and also like lonely and scary and all kinds of other things. And I think that I'd always had this impulse that I wanted to go to art school and that I wanted to be an artist. And all of a sudden I had a little bit of free time. And I thought if I can do that while I'm raising these babies, that would just kind of be sort of magical. So I just tried it and it, and it clicked. So that was how it worked for me. 
Great. And I, I love how you're saying you connected with your intuition. That's such a, a great way to phrase it. Do you mean that it's something that you just felt something was kind of pulling you towards these other creative endeavors? And maybe do you think that you were kind of yeah, putting that completely. in the back burner while you're in the well, corporate world? Or <laughs> total, Oh my gosh, completely. Yeah. And so Yes, and I mean, let me say more broadly for for the sisterhood that is women globally. I feel that we we have deep intuition, and I do feel that society and our educations, and you know, working on Wall Street or working in the banking industry, we really have to kind of like suppress a lot of that internal guidance in order to succeed, and in order to be, you know, just in order to like climb the corporate ladder, frankly, and. If you have a moment to breathe where you're like, okay, I have newborns, I'm at home. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you, I don't know, for me, it was just, it was like a reconnection, like a coming home to my own guidance. So yeah, I, I recognize that when I was a kid, I loved to sit down and, and draw and paint mm. and color. And those were the moments where, I didn't know it at the time, but like, those are the moments of flow, of real connection to myself. And so very quickly, the girls were only six months old when I found the continuing education program at Parsons here in New York. And I had the most amazing, I was so blessed. I had the most amazing teacher. And so we were in a studio with with live models. And this teacher just, I mean, I feel like she was a shaman or some kind of angel that came to me because she would ask these really huge questions that were like, had so many applications beyond paint on canvas. She would say things like, well, Blair, you know, the painting looks good, but why don't you just take a cloth and wipe away everything that doesn't feel true to you? And I would look at her like, what What the heck do you, what, what does that even mean? It doesn't feel true to me. And she was pointing at this thing we're talking about, this internal guidance that we have as women about what is true and what is real and what is valuable and what is life-giving and what is life-affirming. And so I feel like she was, uh, you know, one of my first great teachers during this transition, pointing at this hmm, desire to go within, this desire to understand what is meaningful to me and what is, and how can I show up in this world in my most authentic way? Because that will be meaningful for my family. That will be meaningful for my community and for society if I can really bring that to the fore. So, yeah, you're totally right. That was what happened for me. Um, that, and I, that is, I feel really blessed that like I had that moment. Yes. That, that sounds like that's, that teacher was a gift and, and just thinking about that as a moment is great. And that's, so a lot of what we talk about at Monumental Me is that w- women already have the strengths within and it's discovering mm. them and, uh, you know, uncovering them and, and leveraging them. So it just sounds similar in what she was telling you that you really had to look within, um, so I love that. <laughs> and also women don't I, like, look, I feel like also in corporate America, let's just keep going back to our experiences there. Um, you know, you and me and the collective, yeah. there's not a lot of, well, in my experience, I was in a very competitive consulting firm. Women didn't support other women. You know, there was like, I don't know. And so as I became a mother, I just started to see, you know, even a drop off and pick up women, women don't support other women the way you want them to, the way we should be supporting one another, at least not in the circles that I was a part of coming out of, you know, Wharton, and then out of corporate America. And so I really, through this transition into to becoming, you know, more in touch with my authentic self and and the impulse, respecting the impulse to create, I, th- I feel like I was able to reconnect with that and say to myself, 
I need to be an example. I have two daughters here. I need to start to walk the walk. I, I need to support other women. I need to be an advocate for um, for the best that I see within myself and, and then help bring it out in other young women, you know, which is part of what I, I'm hoping to do as I transition back into some kind of career now that my kids are a little bit older. I think that it's incredibly important that we we help bring this next generation of women into their powers. Yes. Yes. And that, that is great that you're, you have that personal motivation with your own girls, but I think, mm-hmm. yeah, just this, after this pandemic, which I do think oh, has had goodness. a disproportionately negative impact on women for several different reasons. Yeah. I, this is, women need to support each other and doing that as a collective is so important. Um, Yes. Yeah, which so, is why it's so great you're doing this this project. Thank you. Also. Yes, I mean, yes, and you have so much experience. Yes. Yeah. So in, in um, with your girls, just that power of of helping each other, I think, is really important. And then also, tell us a little more about. I, I you can talk more about your art, but also you do a lot of wonderful activities where you. It really is. You've identified some activities that help you care for yourself. And when I think of you, I really think you're such a shining example of somebody who has spent a lot of time and effort um, identifying and and enjoying some things that that help you kind of get through this world in a more yeah, healthy way. Yeah, so tell absolutely. us more about what yeah what you're doing, your exercise and other things that you do. Sure. Yeah, I have so many things. Listen, I think that setting healthy boundaries for ourselves is really one of the most powerful acts of self-love that we can do. And so carving out time each day just for myself. I mean, initially back in the day when I was working and and then when the kids were little even, it felt like a selfish thing to do. But I've realized that that's just not true. That if I give myself some sacred time at the beginning of each day to carve out, I'm a better mother, wife, human, basically. So I do um, a bunch of things. I do daily meditation practice, which um, I've has become much more serious in the last five years, but has been in my life for 20 years. And and importantly, my husband also has a meditation practice, and I think that we've been able to push each other. So that's been really, really, really valuable um, for for life in so many ways. And I could you know talk about that for an hour, but I won't. Um, I think it's so. I do have this daily exercise practice with a very positive group of people, um, and that has shifted everything. And it became one of those lifelines during the pandemic too, when one of the group that I work out with said, Hey, let's just, let's just make a ritual that we meet every morning at 6am and do the work that we used to do in person together on zoom. And Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how that sustained and actually helped me and my family thrive through the pandemic. We can talk more about that later. Um, I do try to spend time in nature every single day you probably appreciate that I never, I try to never miss a sunset. I walk our dogs on the beach. I mean, when I'm in the city, I ride a city bike everywhere I go. I just love to be outside. Um, And then, you know, really powerfully, about 10 years ago, I went looking for, um, I don't even know what I was looking for. I'm I'm a seeker, right? So I went looking for um, healing that was not therapy, if that makes any sense. Um, I think we all have trauma in our lives from our family of origin, from however we were raised. Um, It's all different flavors, but I don't think anyone escapes childhood without trauma. And I hadn't really addressed a lot of the stuff that I had experienced in my childhood. And I was raising kids and I realized I didn't want to pay that stuff forward. I wanted it to end with me and I wanted to learn and heal. So long story short, I met this incredible woman, Elizabeth Clemens, who you know, 
She's a mm-hmm. shaman, mm-hmm. but she also she also does um she does a lot of healing circles and around uh, restorative justice. And she has a, a not for profit that focuses on healing circles for adult victims of childhood sexual abuse. She's really a powerhouse in in this space. And so I was really lucky to meet her. And then through working with her and a woman named Kay Pranis, who uh, herself is kind of a guru of restorative justice in America today, um, I met this group, and I should say, like, we're still a group of incredible women who collectively decided we wanted to, wanted to explore these questions around how we heal for ourselves, for our families, for our community. And so we committed to working together and we worked with Elizabeth for a few years weekly, uh, just sat in circle weekly. Um, and she taught us uh, and she worked with us on um, sharing her practices as a shaman. And then we have worked with two other teachers, I think, over the past couple of years and, and throughout the pandemic. And that, you know, I don't know, I'm going to get a little groovy on you right now, but they say, I've read that sitting in a circle, the power of the circle is the closest thing energetically to unconditional love. And so, you know, the circle holds much more energetically than we can hold as individuals. So if you're sitting in a healing circle and your intention, your group intention is to heal, that that circle, that space can hold so much pain, trauma, whatever you choose to pour into it, so much more than we can as individuals. And I really believe that that is the power of, of community. And it's interesting because like it can hold all the trauma and it can transmute that trauma into something higher. But at the same time, like it, the same thing applies to, you know, the team that I work out with every day, that's another circle, but mm-hmm. there we're holding one another's highest potential. And so we show up with energy to support growth in a different way, right? It's like, we're not dealing with trauma there. Uh, well, maybe we are also, but we're dealing with, we have a shared goal. We have physical objectives and we want to grow every day and we support one another and, and share our highest energy into that circle so that each of us can grow. And so um, those practices of, of consciously coming together in community for a shared goal for me have been tremendously powerful. And one of the best things I do, like quote unquote, self-care every day. Mm. Um, the other thing is like a few practices of um, conscious practices that I've taken on that I think are really valuable. And I practice these with my teams, my, my circle and the group of, um, women I study healing with, uh, one is practicing non-judgment and we really hold one another accountable to like, you know, basically what comes out of our mouths. Is it positive? Is it, is it negative? It's negative. Like, you know, I, I read a, a Harvard study that negative verbalizing negative thoughts actually is four to seven times more harmful than than the positive effect of verbalizing something positive. So, you know, the lesson there is if you have a negative impulse in your brain, that's fine. We all have them. Keep it to mm-hmm. yourself, you know? So we hold another one another accountable that's, there. That's super important to know. That's such, I just want to, you know, underscore that, um, that fact. If, you know, there's research behind that too. I think you're mm-hmm. right. I think the default is often negative. 
but it there's so, it's so powerful to focus on the positive. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot you, of naysayers can, out there. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot written right now, like, you know, change your thoughts to change your life. And the mm-hmm. truth of the matter is we all have all the thoughts. We all have all the feelings and all the thoughts. That's what my coach likes to say. We all have all the feelings, but you get to choose what you actually, you know, manifest in the world. So mm-hmm. um, watch your words. They words matter. Yep. Um, yeah. And then I think the last thing that I, I want to share is that, um, and it's been really, really profoundly made clear to me the importance of this act during the quarantine, is that you consciously spending time with people who, who kind of allow me to be the truest version of myself that I know. Um, and I don't want this to sound harsh, but you know, editing relationships or spending less time in place and energy where I feel any kind of pressure to be inauthentic. Um, and that's really like, that's a life's work right there. If you ask me, um, because, you know, even seeing when you have an impulse toward inauthenticity is, I don't think I could have seen that 10 years ago. Mm. So, um, but so for that, for me is a, is kind of a sacred, sacred practice of just saying like, wait, am I, am I shifting who I am? Do I have to put on a mask? to show up in this space. And I don't mean a COVID mask. Like, am I putting on some kind of like Mm -hmm. elaborate facade to be in this space? And if so, why do I want to be in that space? Why can't I be in that space and just be me? So that's an achievement to even get to that, you know, self realization that you you have, you can do that. And yeah, the ability to, to do that and ask yourself those questions. So th- this is so great. So really, I mean, you you just, I love that you just take that initiative. You just, just putting yourself out there, seeing what works for you. Um, but, and also most importantly, seeking out other people. So men and women, mm-hmm. um, I know, you know, I've been very focused in kind of my life's work pro bono is supporting women, but, but men need to be involved too. hundred <laughs> percent, right? Right. So, yeah. So tell us more about your exercise group and how that came together. Oh. And, and I know there are men in that group that you find oh, yeah. you know, so yeah. valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, exercise really allows us to show up for ourselves and to make a commitment to ourselves every day, you know, and to our personal growth. And to me, the simple act of committing to something just for me and actually showing up day after day is very life affirming. Um, and it also, it helps dispel fear, right? So mm. like the, the more you're like, I'm making a commitment and then I do it. I'm making a commitment, even if it's painful, I do it. You know, then you get to start to kind of work through fear, through anxiety, through, um, you know, beliefs that you're limited in some way. And again, I think it brings us closer to our truest self, truest selves. The way that this exercise group um, came together was I, I practiced with a coach, Akin Achman, and and he started a, a, a I guess a studio business called army right before the pandemic hit and we had been working out together um the team that i'm i'm referring to for maybe a year maybe a little longer but when the pandemic hit some members of the team said hey let's just try and keep this going because Mm -hmm. our coach he's such a an incredible model of like how to respond to adversity. So he like the pandemic hit. And I think a day later, he was doing his classes live on Instagram, because we didn't have a technology platform to share. He was just like, I'm going to do free classes live on Instagram, join me. And everyone did. And then all of a sudden, Zoom was an enabler of us doing it together, but being 
closer to each other, being able to see each other. So we decided that we would meet Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. or 6.15 a.m. And the weekend's a little bit later, I think 8 a.m. And I, I, I don't know. It was just one of those things where initially I thought, oh, wow, this is a lot. Like this kind of commitment, no mm. days off. But it, it, it turned into this gigantic group hug. While at the same time being like the hardest thing I did each day physically, because the workouts are very challenging, but, and it sounds so crazy, but like to have those 12 little windows, I mean, I think there are like 20 of us, but any given morning, there's like 14 that show up and to have those windows and have people cheering you on to have, um, you know, we move together, we dance, we sing. It's just, it's, um, it's a space where you can just be yourself. And and in getting to know that group so intimately through all of this adversity, we shared so many of our personal struggles and our personal stories. We all have kids. We all have, um, you know, we had all lost a lot. And so just the ability to be in a space where we could do something life-affirming and a moment during a moment in our world's history that felt, you know, slightly less than life-affirming was so powerful. And yeah, the two men who join us every single day are both dads and they are, I think it matters, they're huge advocates of women. And Mm. so they would just, um, they would lend their energy in a way and and actually, this is really beautiful, like both of them are so in awe of several women in our group who are just strong, stronger than them. And so seeing men lift up women for their physicality is just like hugely powerful and hugely inspiring. And it's a very sensitive group. So we cry a lot (laughs) about, about stuff. Like we celebrate one another's wins and we, we celebrate one another. And now that we're actually able to physically work out together a little bit, like we were together this morning in, in real life, it's just, um, it's almost emotionally overwhelming how, much this group has come to mean to me. I'm not sure I'm explaining why adequately, but yeah, it's a powerful, it's been a powerful, powerful experience for me, the energy and the the love. I love these people, you know, yeah. I truly love this group and I feel seen and accepted and I can dr- dance like a crazy person and mm-hmm. I'm celebrated for my insanity. Like it's just a really yeah. amazing space to exist in. Um, and it makes it makes one want to cultivate other spaces like that in the world. And, and yeah. the question comes to mind, like, why weren't we always living like that? Why, why, why did we ever feel like we had to, like, hide our light to make other people feel comfortable? Like, it's a good question for women. Why do we make ourselves small? Right. Um, and, you know, there are a million answers. But for me, I... I don't know. I don't have access to so many of those answers anymore. I don't want to make myself small because I see through this group in the past year together of just showing up and working so hard that it's not about ego. It's about, it's about putting my heart into something that is so challenging, but in doing so lifting up other people at the same time. So like the whole, we always say like the whole, we all rise on the same tide because we're all feeding the energy. And so lifting lifting myself up yeah but that's so small lifting up the team and then that energy is infectious and as we take it out into the world each day we i feel unstoppable some days i really <laughs> do and then the other thing i'll add like i know i could go on about this forever because i love these people in this practice so much but 
my son and my daughter, who weren't really like very much into working out during the pandemic, they, they built a gym in our house. They work out every day. My son said to me the other day, mama, I just, I'm really kind of, I can't believe how you, every morning you do it and it's really inspiring me. So, and it's oh, just nice. like to have my son say that was just, it, it floored me. So yeah. other people um, share in the energy and benefit from it. Uh, and, it, and it sets your day in the right direction. That's all I can say about that. It sets your day yes. up for success. No, that is great. And I'm thinking people might be listening to this, like, how can I get a group like that? How can I get a group like that? And again, I think it's just, it's reaching out to people who yeah. you feel you want to, to, yeah, to, to be with, to exchange kind of energy with, totally. like, yeah, what do you think? Just kind of regular people can absolutely right. create these, these. Oh my gosh, absolutely. The other yeah. thing is we, we always say to each other in the group, like we, none of us really knew each other before the pandemic. We worked out together side by side in like blissful anonymity, like most of us do mm -hmm. every day pre-pandemic. But then you get to know people and you and you start to see like everyone's struggling with something. Everyone's mm -hmm. got the same, you know, everyone has something that they're they're struggling with. One of the big things from the pandemic that I feel is like, what do I have to lose? What do I have to mm -hmm. lose? If, I, if mm -hmm. I if I love a little harder, if I'm a little bit more myself, it feels scary. But really, what do I have to lose? So yeah. if you have an impulse to creating a group of some kind for any purpose, first of all, there are tons of books written on this topic of like how to create a circle or a group that that has intention and how to make that happen. Um, there's a couple of great podcasts on it I'd listened to recently, but but you, go for it, like go for it. Do it. All yeah. I can say is you you won't regret it. And and you know I also feel like the second you set that intention and put it out in the world people who are meant to be um, with you will, will say yes. And those who aren't, yeah. they'll, they'll recede to the, the back and you'll, you'll figure out. And it doesn't even, I mean, it's interesting. The shaman group that I, I work with those group of women, we initially had our shared intention was just to learn to heal. I mean, mm. that's pretty broad, but quickly because of that intention, teachers came to us and and then they had curricular ideas for us that's that really resonated and and then some curricular ideas didn't resonate and so we would say no we'll pass on that but we'd like to go in this direction like it's a very fluid thing to, to yeah. cultivate but just set the intention find some people who you think may be interested in whatever you're interested in go for it go for yeah. it and it's trial and error. I, I think you just 100%. said too. So it doesn't have to be perfect. That you know, the first time you get together, it might be somebody drops out. You invite somebody else, and, and then that person will invite like somebody else. That's Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing that we are trying to do with Monumental Me. We had a mind share, our first mind share, which was mm -hmm. an eclectic group of six to seven women, specifically, and from such different backgrounds. And by the end, somebody's crying, and somebody's so mm -hmm. you know, saying, I'm so happy that we've come together. But it was like they had to take the plunge. You just have to put yourself out there and and um and this was just around the topic of the past 12 months or 14 months and how hard it's yeah. been but it can be around any topic or you know doesn't have to be a topic just kind of like-minded people but back I think to if what you feel a little bit uncomfortable you're on the right path <laughs> you know right? that's putting yourself yep 
good point. Putting yourself out of out of your comfort zone, I think, is key. Exactly. And and I love how you you know you just said. I think this also comes with being older. Like who who cares if it, you know you look who silly cares? or somebody doesn't agree with you? And I think you know when you said like following kind of the social norms when you were younger. And I don't know, maybe it takes age yeah. to, to get to that wisdom and that point in your life where like I don't care what people think about me, and that's so freeing. It, it's a, I mean, it, it, okay for me, it did take getting older and feeling very yeah. comfortable in my body, but like I'm seeing in my group, we have, we have 24 year olds and they are oh, nice. so badass. They, they inspire me because they're not afraid to be themselves. So maybe, maybe in, in stepping into our power as older women, or I'm speaking for myself, we're showing the way, like I, I see how comfortable in their bodies, my daughters are and how they move through the world. And maybe it's just generational and we're going to mm. teach this younger generation, but they're already more inclined that way anyway. There, I'm, I'm very hopeful. The women, young women who I see in the, in the world right now inspire me so much and give me so much hope, so much hope because they, for the most part, I just see people walk in their walk, you know, bravely. Yeah. And yeah, they, they teach me, they lift me up and inspire me. I have work out with a lot of really young women and I'm just like so inspired every day by their authenticity and their, their desire to stay true to themselves, to move through the world, but to be true. Yes. And you just made me think of something else. I love that intergenerational aspect of what you're doing. I think that's so important. And I think in Mm. America, we don't do that often enough. Just I've spent a lot of time in France and just when I was there, the French are so good about mixing generations and like grandparents are part of your center world. And I feel like Americans, it's still quite segregated in that way. And, and no, you're so right because, and there's also, okay. So, you know, our group is age 24 to 65 and we have gotten together for dinner a few times since we've all been vaccinated. And it's like sitting around a big Italian family table Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you do feel, and it's, and it's also interesting, like people don't necessarily take on roles uh, commensurate with their age. Right. So, I mean, I, I at times feel very mothered by my 30 year old friends, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I can provide a lot of wisdom to the, to the 20 year olds at, yep. at the table because they're close to my own kids age. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think having that, gosh, it's like a, it's like the widest vista of life experience and knowledge and perspective and, and to have all of that available to me in a really intimate way, because I now know these people intimately is just like, it's grown my world a thousand exponentially. I feel exponentially richer as a human for, for knowing this, this community of people. And, and likewise with the women I work on the healing work with, it's just like, you know, we're a little bit more the same age, same background, but we're doing stuff that seems very out there. We're studying things that are, that are, you know, as we often say, like that we don't talk about in in, in society. Like we just right. we we just apply what we learn, but we don't need to tell people, you know, that we're talking to crystals or whatever, or that we're right, learning right, right. how to like we're learning um, how to do a despacho, which is um, a fire, a healing fire, where you throw in your fears and your anxieties into a fire. I mean, who needs to know about like what, as long as the outcome is is positive for the world. So yeah, and you mentioned <laughs> I digress. Um, no, no, no. But you, you mentioned a shaman before, and I don't know if everybody yeah. knows what that is. How would you describe oh. what a shaman is? Well, so Elizabeth Clements is the first shaman that I ever met. You know her through Hidden Water. Shaman have been around for thousands and thousands of years, and just about every society has shaman in their midst. And I would describe shaman as energy workers, but they're able to mm-hmm. 
traverse different realities. They're able to identify impediments or foreign energies or blockages of our own making in our energetic system. I think it's about, it starts with looking within and seeing what you can shift there. And, you know, like Mother Teresa says, if you want world peace, go home and love your own family. It starts at home. Mm. But shaman, they're, they're energy workers and healers, profound healers. And yeah. I've been really, really blessed to meet like three incredibly generous healers in the course of my life. And they've, they've shared so much. That, and I'm not the same for it. I'm not the same person for it. So I'm deeply grateful. That's so good to hear. It's encouraging. I've done a bit of body work and I think you can find it in different ways. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. assuming somewhere to acupuncture and, sure. and just things that have been out there forever and ever. Reiki Some are more and mainstream. All of yep. Yeah. Yep. All yep. of those modalities. It's great to seek that out. Yeah, no, definitely. And I say it's becoming more mainstream because I think that's important. I think, you know, some people might think, oh, that's not for me. That sounds a little kooky, but actually, you know, there's different it forms of the same work. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I think kooky. that's all great. So two last questions for you. Mm-hmm. And I, if there's anything else you want to share, I'd love to hear it. But one, I love one question I love to ask people is what would you tell your 26 year old self? And I think, oh. you know, mid- and I think you might've touched on that talking about your the younger people that you hang out with in, in your exercise group. But yeah, if you want to answer that question. Is there something that you would turn back and tell your 26-year-old self from where you are oh, now? Oh, so I, I would tell her to calm down. I mean, I think that, so I, I try to live my life without regrets. I think my 26-year-old self was incredibly driven. And I would, I would have asked her, like, where are you going so fast? <laughs> because mm. I was living pretty fast and hard. And it took a toll on my body. I drank a lot. I I just, I mean, I, I worked hundreds and hundreds of hours and I traveled a ton and I was not healthy as a human. And I wasn't particularly, like I've always been spiritually inclined, but I wasn't particularly introspective at that time. I was just focused on, I was a maximizer, if I'm honest. So I would say to my, I would say to my younger self, like, what are you solving for? You know, mm-hmm. like how much, how much of all of this is enough? And the question got asked and answered shortly thereafter when I had kids, because it was like, Hmm. it just smacked me in the face. Like, it's not about, it's not about survival. It's not about maximizing net worth. It's not about titles. It's about something much deeper. So what are you going to do with that knowledge, which you've always known, but you just kind of turned your back on. Um, So, yep. Kids definitely help put, to put a lot of things into perspective. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, know. they do. And then, all, you know, my final question is: you do so much that you just explained that really does fill your cup. So this is what this whole conversation is about. Mm. But so I'll ask you: is there one thing that you would choose if you had, you know, had to choose one on a day to day basis? And it could be something you described or something different, like having coffee with your husband. I don't know. But is there one thing that really helps you stay um, healthy and to to keep going? Because you have a lot of energy and you take care of a mm. lot of people, your family and, and yourself. But yeah, is there one thing that you really can point to that keeps you going? I mean, uh, yeah, honestly, so anyone who's been in a marriage for a long time knows that marriages are are work and they are a good marriage is like the bedrock of so much personal growth. So I've spent a lot of time as has my husband working on our marriage and we, I feel like we're, we're in a fantastic place to support one another's growth. But if I'm honest about the, the key thing that I would not give up it is this connection I have 
to other humans who are not my husband because they provide an outside source of of energy and an outside perspective that I can then bring back into the marriage, into the family. So I think it's super important, you know, when we can become insular, we have busy lives and we can become myopic, but I think community gives us a much larger worldview and it provides so much, uh, such a richer perspective that enriches our lives and makes us better people, more compassionate to ourselves and to others. And so I would, I just wouldn't give up the connections that I have through the women in healing through the, the team that I work out with. And there are other group circles that I have other groups uh, of, of connection that I work with that. And I just wouldn't, I, I will never not make time for those, those groups because they're so life affirming and feed so much positive, so much that's positive in my life, you know, including really supporting my role as a mother, my, my future career, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and my marriage. Like it, it just, it supports it all. It makes me a better yeah. person, more present, more loving, more, yeah, compassionate. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. You're so open, and this has all been very inspirational. Liana, for thank me. you so much for your <laughs> question. For more information or to join our community, visit our website at monumentalme.com or follow us on Instagram at monumentalme.we. And if you have any suggestions for interviews, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at monumentalme.com.